Okay. Okay. Um, it says, what happens with the mind if someone becomes a once-returner or non-returner? Just talk a little bit about these two stages. What happens to the mind? Mm -hmm. How do you answer If, if someone a becomes a once-returner or yeah, non-returner? I see the question. Yeah, I mean, I could just answer it from the from the books, but I don't think that's really a satisfying answer, and I don't think that's what they want to hear. Well, a once returner. A once returner is someone who has. really begun to turn away from sensuality, has become totally comfortable, not, not, not just comfortable, but has explored all avenues of sensual pleasure. Maybe explored isn't the right word. Has come to understand all avenues of sensual, sensual pleasure. Has come to see them objectively for what they are, and is no longer frightened by their sex, by their sexual urge or their sensual attractions, is no longer disturbed by them, and sees them simply as um, you know, maybe a, an old bad habit, or or as one would um, see the remnants of a bad habit of an old bad habit. You know, like uh, our usage of certain certain slang words that we just can't kick. They're just kind of hanging around, and every so often they come out. And they've done the same with anger. And so as a result, these things are not strong in them. They still exist, and this person is not fully... Um, developed in in their um, state of mind, the mind is still subject to, um, I guess you could say, even hypocrisy in the sense of of doing things that are against one's own best wishes. So a once returner can still be married. Uh, of course, they will never break the five precepts, but that's a sotapanna also will not. They will seem, um, I mean, it's difficult to give this answer really because um, once you stray outside of the texts, you're, you're in, well, difficult territory. But they will seem, uh, seem to be quite pure. And, you know, it, it's common to think that everyone who has been practicing meditation for any time, any length of time, is an arahat, right? Or you know, eventually to think this, or to think that they must be a, a non-returner or something. It's very difficult, I would say, 
for for most people to tell the difference between uh, a once returner and a non-returner. A once returner still has remnants of greed and anger. Um, a non-returner has no remnants of aversion or attraction, sensual attraction. They still have um, desire for becoming and desire for non-becoming. You know, so desire to be this or to become that. Um, you know, so maybe they might go out of their way to teach people still. Um, a non-returner, what you would still sense in them is the desire to do good deeds, um, help other people, to, to you, you would still sense in them the, a sort of activity that would be absent from the arahat. An arahat would not have any feeling, you would not get any feeling from them that they were actively seeking anything out. It would be, you know, it's fairly blatantly obvious if you spend some time with them that they have no uh, activity. I mean, I guess the word I'm looking for is intention. They have no karmic intention in the sense of trying to seek out results. Whereas an anagami would still have this subtle sense of trying to seek out results. Um, but the difference between an anagami and, an, and a, um, a sakidagami, a once-return and a non-returner, is that you would probably see the once-returner laughing uh, in a different way. An anagami might still laugh. I mean, they say an arahant, some people say an arahant would never laugh. I don't know about that. I don't like to say such things. It's too... too. Uh, someone even said that an arahant would not yawn, which I think is going too far. We shouldn't attribute any physical characteristics as requirements to be enlightened. Uh, but you might have a different quality of laughter as a non as a once returner. Um, there would be more uh, physical manifestation of of desire. So you would find them getting excited and uh, even flustered because of their desires. Still, um, you'd find them more irrational than an anagami. And so from time, you know, from time to time, seeking out pleasures or enjoying pleasures or expressing their partiality for certain things. It's, it might still come up. Now, they, they've gone far in terms of seeing the, the, neg the, the problem with, the, with these things, and they could never hold the belief that sensual pleasures are, are, are a good thing by any means, and it would be very subtle in a, in a Sakitakami. So, but but it still might be evident. It should be still evident to a conscious and a um, careful observer that this person still has partialities, um, still even has desires for beautiful sights and sounds and smells, and so we can still get irritated when they see or hear or smell or taste or feel or think something that is unpleasant. So I would say that is the you know, some of the differences.
No. The best thing to do would be to get an anagami here and a sakitagami here and then spend some time watching them and studying them. But uh, this is the best we can do. <laughs> yeah.